How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Mora is Managing Director of Health Policy at American Progress, and in this capacity, she plays a leading role in American Progress health policy development and advocacy efforts. She's authored and co-authored published in the New England Journal of Medicine, JAMA, Internal Medicine, U.S. News and World Report, and The Hill, and her work covers a range of topics, including Medicare, Medicaid payment reform, health care transparency, and trends in employer-sponsored insurance. She's also testified before the U.S. Congress. And prior to being with the Center for American Progress, she was an attorney with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of the General Counsel. She joined us back in March uh, and was a very informative guest. I asked to have her back on, and it's good to have her with us today. More good afternoon and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me back on. Well, the Republicans said, hey, this is Plan A, and the CBO said it's a disaster. They did a redo, and the redo shows by the CBO health score this is just as, if not worse, than the first attempt. We're looking at approximately 23 million more uninsured individuals, correct? Yes, that's totally correct. So let's talk about, so people understand, the CBO score and why it's important or should be important for politicians, left or right, to wait for such a score before putting, that, putting forth something where you're trying to either repeal, replace, or even change and amend something like a health care bill this size. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still unbelievable to me that they voted on a bill that they didn't have a score for. But backing up, the Congressional Budget Office is a nonpartisan um, office with economists and other experts, and they essentially um, take legislation and they provide what we call a score here in D.C. And the score tells you, A, how much the bill is going to cost, um, or save for the federal government, and then B, it also tells you other um, other consequences of the legislation. So in this case, it tells us how much um, more money people are going to have to spend for health insurance, how many fewer people are going to be insured, and other different parts of the legislation. So, for example, what it means for people with pre-existing conditions. Oh, so so with regard to this, um, how, how <clears throat> between their last score and this score between, in other words, Plan A and the revision, is there any improvement? Is this just as dismal or worse? I would actually, I mean, I think both are just an absolute moral and political disaster, um, and both will strip health care from tens of millions of Americans. The only thing that is a slight improvement in this bill is it will cause only, and I say that, you know, very sarcastically, 23 million fewer people to have coverage um, in about a decade. Um, last time we heard, last time there was a score on the original version of the bill, it was 24. So, you know, that's a drop of 1 million, but we still have 23 million fewer people. But there are other changes that the bill made that really made an already terrible bill even worse. And Basically, it would allow insurers to cover to offer policies that offer no coverage for major medical risks. Um, basically, insurers can market policies that CBO doesn't even consider to be health insurance. Um, millions of Americans with pre-existing conditions will be priced out of 
out of care and um, people needing maternity or substance abuse um, treatment or mental health benefits may have to pay thousands of dollars extra out of pocket. So, I mean, yes, in the rhetoric that the Republicans said that their bill protects pre-existing conditions, it's, it's worthless because those people simply will not be able to afford their premiums. When we look at the people that won't be able to afford, who, who is most affected by this? Is this still people who are lower income or people who are older who require often to see physicians more and uh, require to purchase more medication? Yes. It's, I would say that there are three different groups of people. It's really low income, um, less healthy and elderly enrollees. And it's, those issues are also exacerbated if you live in a rural area. So CBO gave one... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, please continue. Um, I think that one illustration, one, one example that CBO used was really shocking. And for a lower income 64-year-old, so somebody who doesn't quite make it to Medicare yet, under the ACA, they may pay $1,700 total for the entire year. Under the new, as-passed legislation that the Republicans um, sent over to the Senate, th that same person would have to pay at least $13,600 a year. And that's about wow. half of their income. Yep. Why is that? the Republicans would even put forth something like this. So first of all, they didn't wait for, that, for the score that we have and we're talking about now most recently. But they did see the score before and obviously did uh, not um, work on areas that would improve that, you know, for the second time around. And, and obviously these people are elected by the constituents, many of which are in that population, the segment of the population that you speak of, and would be directly and adversely affected. Yeah, I mean, it's really shocking, and I don't have a good answer for that because I just cannot imagine voting. And remember, the health care system, our health care system, is one-sixth of our economy. So they passed a bill, they voted on a bill that completely dismantles, well, completely changes one-sixth of our economy with no hearings, no transparency, nothing. So, I mean, it was very much, I mean, the sense that we all get um, who weren't involved in it, obviously, um, because we opposed it, but the sense is really that it was very much a political calculation that inaction was worse than however bad this bill looks like. And I think the other thing that's really important for people to realize is it's not just about lowering coverage, and it's not just about really cutting health insurance for um, those most in need. The entire reason why they are doing this is to establish savings that they will then use to pay for massive tax breaks to the rich. And again, this, this is just a repeating pattern, and to me it's political suicide. I, I mean, if you just you, – you, how uh, more and more districts even that are red, and when you look at these, uh, the you know, footage from these town hall meetings, these are not just Democrats that are upset with Republicans. And, and quite frankly, many people even, uh, you know, voted for and supported Trump are happy or happy or much happier with Obamacare than they were in the past. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's really they are not looking out for their constituents' interests. They were looking out for their wealthy donors' interests, and they were – and they're so worried about not, you know, going through on this plan to, quote-unquote, repeal and replace Obamacare that 
you know, they just basically forced 217 House Republicans to walk the plank. And, you know, in doing so, they've set up a dynamic that I think is going to play out until uh, through the 2018 election, certainly. What what is going to happen? I think Mitch McConnell, and you know, I mean, in the Senate, but even in the House, people are saying that uh, you know the Senate is not going to pass. I mean, is is there really going to be a repeal and 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 replace? I mean, even aside from the CBO score or or the CBO score putting frosting on that cake. Well, I certainly I certainly hope not. I mean, I think that there are a number of of issues that the Senate um, that this. I mean, I think all senators knew um, the dangers of this based on the previous score, but I think that the the new score and the outrage that it's provoking in the past, you know, 18 hours, I think, should give them pause. I mean, there's a reason why they are working on the bill in secret, and you know, that process is not going to lead to any sort of decent outcome for most Americans. And I think that they are also finding that they have the same problems as their House counterparts did. Um, in that there are vast differences between Republicans on these issues. I mean, there are many um, senator Republican senators who come from states that really have um, been able to rely on um, the ACA and have always been able to rely on Medicaid to really help their constituents. You know, what are what are some of the areas that I mean? One of the things that we have seen historically, and you know this, especially with your background. Uh, with a program like Medicare, is it takes a couple of decades or more to get it right. I mean, they still speak and make changes to Medicare now. Um, you know, this is something that doesn't have to do with politics, but just common sense. When you have a, a country and when you have a plan aimed at offering coverage, uh, you know, just, you know, millions of people, you know, this uh, size, you have to give it time uh, to work out some of the kinks. I mean, that was one of my complaints with pushing through the health plan with uh, the Democrats originally and the computer program being put together so fast, and obviously that, you know, was a, a failure at the first launch, and then they worked out the uh, kinks. But but now what we're seeing is that everybody, you know, the pre-existing conditions, I, everybody agrees on that, that that must be covered, um, and everybody wants to have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, to pay less, but that the big the biggest concern the biggest problem is people that with Obamacare really the only complaint for some was that their premiums had increased which they do without the Affordable Care Act and that was one of the problems in the past so in other words the basic premise whether you, uh, an individual is a Democrat or Republican whether they are healthy or sick whether they are young or old rich or poor is I want it to be more affordable. I don't like my premiums increasing, and this again did did not address that. No, it it absolutely did not. I mean, it it under this. I think that the best slogan for this plan is "Pay more, get less." Um, and you know, it does absolutely. It takes all of the things that people don't love about the ACA and exacerbates them. I mean, people who have had to rely on purchasing insurance directly from insurers have you know, before the ACA were completely at their mercy. And um, the changes that the ACA made really improved that situation. What really, I mean, there are some common sense ways to fix or tweak the law, um, add some funding, and not only have, have opponents of the law been really unwilling to meet halfway on those, they've actively undermined the, the law so far. 
And so they've they've gone out of their way to make sure it did not work, and then they've essentially just complained that the that Obamacare as a policy is flawed, whereas it's really been their ability to undermine it that is really that has really hurt um, people. It's hurt their own constituents. I mean, there there are areas that do not have any plans under the ACA coming right. up next year. Maura, thank you for being with us. We're going to talk to you again in the future, and we appreciate you taking the time. Maura Kallsen, Managing Director of Health Policy at American Progress. Check out AmericanProgress.org. That's the website. On Twitter, at AMPROG.